Good morning, everyone. I just want to say one thing briefly about our, our second reading. Everyone, the, the main point of that second reading, right, is that from St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is that all of us have a role to play. Uh, too many of us as Catholics really just think it's about the priest and God, and if I can make it to Mass, I'll make it. That's just not true. All of us have been given gifts for the sake of the building of the kingdom of God. I always laugh because one of the gifts that's listed from the Holy Spirit is administration. I do not have that gift. So if you do, right, come help me. When I was growing up, and especially when I hit high school and college years, you can tell a lot about a person by the way they teach their children, and what they teach their children to fear. My dad has always been in finance, and so he taught us to fear debt. Right? If there's one grave evil in life, it's debt. And so we were, really, that was drilled into us growing up. So much so, my dad did such an excellent job of instilling that in us, that I was, you know, when in college, you walk on the sidewalk in the, in the fall, and there's all those credit card companies, and they're a lot like heroin dealers. They try to get you hooked, right, on a credit card, and then you're in for life. And they'd be handing out free t-shirts. And I was always so jealous of all the college kids that got to go sign up and get free t-shirts. And I would walk, like, on the other side of the sidewalk with, like, distrust. <laughs> like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> it worked so well that I didn't get my first credit card. This is crazy looking back at it. I didn't get my first credit card until I was 30. Uh, and thank God I'm a priest because I have no credit. <laughs> the Old Testament knew that debt also was a serious thing. And this, today what I want to talk about is there's three concepts biblically that go hand in hand and that the Bible helps us to understand what sin is by two primary analogies. And the two analogies that are dominant in Scripture about sin are debt and carrying heavy burdens, carrying a weight. So the Old Testament knew that debt was serious. And so God, in Leviticus uh, chapter 25 and in Deuteronomy chapter 15, has an interesting solution to debt. And it's a radical solution, actually. And part of it is that, you know, if you study this, you know that uh, there's a lot of problems in our country. People generally fall into poverty by numerous things, but one of the things that happens is if you get in trouble and you live in a place and you don't have family. If you're someone who has family in town, you kind of know that if you get in trouble, you can always go home. Well, God tells Israel, you're not just a country and a nation, you're family. And he commands them that you will treat each other like family. And it's, it's actually very beautiful. God is so strong in this. He says, you are so much a family that there will not be poor among you. 
Because the poor person in the street is not a stranger. He's your brother. And you will care for him. In our country, it's not so much like that. In fact, I looked at some stats this week. I'm always nervous about statistics because I'm scared I'll get them wrong. But, you know, our national debt right now, if I remember right, it's about $19 trillion. Does that sound right? Somebody who knows, give me a yes or a no. Okay, that's right. Good, thank you. Those of you who have the Holy Spirit gift of um, administration. We don't have that at Lourdes. That's great. Right? Like, we don't have a trillion dollar debt. $19 trillion. Personal debt, right? The average person who carries uh, credit cards and has credit card debt, the average person who has that has an average debt in the United States of about $8,000. If you have a college loan, the average amount of a college loan out there right now is about $25,000. If you have a mortgage, the average amount of debt carried on a mortgage right now in the United States is a little over $100,000. If your debt got serious enough in the ancient world, you and your family, if it got out of control, you and your family would be sold into slavery. There's forms of that today, by the way. It's not as obvious, but there are forms where similar things happen in the modern world. So God's solution, what is God's solution? First of all, it's that Israel is a family. And that's a, by the way, I've said this before, but that should speak to us. One of my great dreams as a priest is that a parish would more and more really take that seriously. We're not a group of strangers who happen to be Catholic. We're family. And if one of us is in trouble, right, there are many parts of the body, but we're one body, and if one of us is in trouble, I dream that we would be a parish that would take care of each other. That's another, another sermon. But God invented this thing in Israel called the Jubilee Year. And there's so much theology to this, I love this, and we won't go into all of it. But what it is, is it's every 50th year, God made a special year in Israel. And what happens in a jubilee year, there's two things that happen. I know this is about the point in the homily where all of you are like, where on earth are we going? We're, we're getting there. <laughs> we'll get there. You're getting used to this, aren't you? Every 50th year is the jubilee. And two, there's lots of things that happen. But two things I want to focus in on today that God commands to happen in a jubilee year is all debts are relinquished. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Every 50th year, imagine that. Every 50th year in Israel, all debts are wiped out. John Paul II called for that to happen in the year 2000 worldwide. He begged the rich countries of the world to obliterate the debt of the poor countries. And no one listened. It would have been beautiful, I think. But that's one thing that happens. The second thing that happens is that all servants who have kind of an indentured servitude, and all slaves are set free. Every 50th year. Something profoundly beautiful about that. What does this have to do with our readings today? In our gospel this morning, in Luke chapter 4, in Jesus' first kind of sermon, he doesn't really actually preach, he just reads... Jesus, if you heard it, let's read it again. He says, he reads from Isaiah chapter 61. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if you and I know our, our scriptures, what's happening right here is Jesus is proclaiming a jubilee year. The acceptable year of the Lord, that's the year of jubilee, the year of release, aphesis in Greek. Forgiveness. Relinquishment of all debt. And in fact, if you study the Gospel of Luke, that passage becomes the lens for understanding all of Jesus' ministry. That verse is the key that begins and it tells us what Jesus' ministry is all about. So how does this apply to us? I know what you're, th- you're like, Father Brian, I prayed last year for Jesus to pay off my mortgage. It didn't happen. Right? Like, what's the deal? Debt, right, we, we said earlier, debt, sin, and weight go hand in hand. Listen to this in the Old Testament, Psalm 38. Psalm 38 says this, There is no health in my bones because of my sin. My iniquities have gone over my head. They weigh like a burden too heavy for me. Have you ever felt that way? The psalmist goes on, he says, My wounds grow foul and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. Have you ever felt, right, dead can feel this way, but your sin can feel this way. Have you ever felt a sin on your back that was so heavy that it prostrated you? We feel this more and more as we get older, by the way. One of the things that happens as a priest is in the confessional, and frequently it's people who are a little more elderly, but they'll, they'll come to confession and they'll say, Father, I have a sin I committed 40 years ago, and I can't let go. And I'll sit in the confession, in the confessional, and I can feel that weight, that burden. It's crushing. If you haven't felt that in your life, it might be because you've pretended that sin isn't serious. But that's what sin does. It's this debt, it's this burden, it is this weight that overwhelms many of us. If you haven't felt that, it's important, actually, that you examine your conscience, that you look at your life, because God hates sin. And your conscience can be numbed. That's something that happens a lot in our culture. Our conscience gets numbed. One of the greatest weights that people feel in our culture, and I want to bring this up because of the time of year, and of course, the great, perhaps, sin of our culture is that of abortion. Last week, you know, I was looking, and, and this weekend, and 
I've been looking at the major news sites to see if anybody would cover the March for Life. Largest march in our country. And I don't have a television, so I don't know about the television media. But I'll tell you, on the, on the websites of the major sites I checked, I couldn't find a single story on the largest rally in our entire country. That's shameful. <laughs> Unbelievable. They can't find it. The only place I could find stories on the March for Life were on Catholic media sites. That's it. Interesting stat. Since abortion was legalized, we have had 58 million abortions in this country. 58 million. Put that in perspective. All U.S. wars, if you take every single war the United States has ever fought and you add up the total number of deaths we've had, that comes out to 1.1 million. Do you wonder why the Catholic Church talks so much about abortion? Because no one else cares. 58 million children we have killed in this country. That's tragic. And if you don't care about that, you should wake up. God's going to ask you and I about that when we die. He's going to say, in your time, there is a genocide of children happening in your country. What did you do about it? But here's the message today. Brothers and sisters, that's a burden. Part of the story that isn't out there is that men and women who have participated in that carry a huge weight on their back. And they carry that every day, and I have met them. And if almost anyone I've met, they have the hardest time believing that God could possibly love them or ever forgive them. And here's the good news this morning. And this is our gospel. We have a God who forgives every debt. He wipes out debt, the debt of sin. He releases slaves. He brings joy to those in prison. And the world needs to hear that. You've probably heard me say it before, the, when we pray the Our Father... Every day we pray the Our Father. We say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But that's not what the Greek says. The Greek word is ophelema. And ophelema does not mean trespass, it means debt. The debt of sin. Jesus, forgive me my debt. As I forgive others, who are debtors to me. That's the good news. That's why the gospel today is so powerful. Brothers and sisters, we have that message. If you're carrying that weight, that debt on your back, we have a God who forgives every debt, who can take that off of your back, who can set you free. That's the gospel. That's what it's all about. Some of you are still terrified of confession. That's just so stupid. Get over it. All right? It is. It's dumb. It's so dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. You're an idiot if you're not going to confession. All right? I know you're going to go home. My priest called me an idiot today, but I don't care as long as the Broncos win. 
right? You're an idiot if you're not going to confession. It's like someone who's like has a parent who's a billionaire and you've got this big debt and you won't ask. The confessional is the place of mercy where God wants to pour out his mercy on you. I want to close this morning and I want to leave you with a beautiful vision. I was praying with this, uh, this week because of this gospel. St. Faustina Kowalska, many of you know about her. She's the one who gave us the divine mercy image. By the way, it's right there. If you've not seen the divine mercy image, come pray right before that image of Jesus Christ. There's two sets of rays, red and blue. One set of rays is all the mercies he has already poured out on the world. The blue rays are all the ones he desires to pour out on us, but we never ask. Because we're too distracted. But Sister Faustina had a vision And in this vision that God gave her, you know, God hates sin, and the Father hates sin because it's evil and it destroys us. But in this vision, Faustina saw Jesus, and she saw him crucified in such a way that the only way the Father could look at the world was through the wounds of Christ. So that when he sees us, He sees us through the wounds of his beloved son. And what that did is it cast a veil of mercy over the whole world. Are you carrying a debt or a burden that you don't need to carry? Have you brought that to the king of mercy? Jesus, free us from these weights, from this sin, from this debt. Lord, help us to trust in your merciful heart. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.